Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, February 2020. I don't know why I have that written down. February 7th, 2020. It is also February 2020. The last time we recorded one of these, it was still January. It was over seven days ago. You were listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 292. Do you remember a week ago? That was a year ago. Uh, I'm your host, Austin Walker, and I'm joined by Kato in the booth. How are you doing, Kato? you surviving? No. All right, Patrick Klepek, how are you doing? <laughs> Checking in. It's really nice for everyone to record a podcast on my birthday, the day before my Wait, birthday. Wait, is it Just your what birthday? A, Wait, what, what a treat. It's your birthday? February 7th. Wow, yep, Iowa held birthday. back the results as a gift to you <laughs> for your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to Patrick. <laughs> Thir- Wait, we can't. <laughs> we, no, we can't. Can, we can, we can. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The copyright is Because I don't know the happy, happy birthday. I don't so know that, that might one. be copyrighted <laughs> by Applebee's. <laughs> I think that one's still <laughs> okay. under lock and key. Pa- uh, happy birthday. Happy, 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 happy birthday. Happy, happy. Is that how that goes? That's, That's one of them for sure. Jesus. Mm. Rob mm. Zachney also here. Thank you, Rob. How are you, What do you do for your birthday, Patrick? Probably nothing. It's 35. You know, oh, no, it's, I know what you're doing. Yeah, Wait, it's yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. Debate yeah. birthday. You're going to watch Woo! the debate, have some drinks. Just sit down, watch my wife fall asleep about halfway through, and just like, you know, go to is town. Is Bloomberg going to be in this one? I, no. I think he is. Is he not? Or is that the later in February? Cannot though? wait until he rolls out his Dude. hot new talking points. The poor are not like you and I. Uh-huh. I, who, mm, ha. Last I remember, the only three people qualified for, for this, this, for this debate? upcoming one. Okay. It was. Wait, it couldn't be only only three. There's Sanders, no Warren, way. and Biden were the only three that wow. qualified. No way. Is that true? No way. They, There's no way. I don't know about now, but when people the were talking about surprise winner of oh, shut Iowa, the fuck up. Results Rob. pending, subject to revision. This is not a politics podcast, but we you February have to give 19th. us. All right, you have to give us ten February minutes 19th. to get this out of our system. You have to give us ten. Can minutes. you? You know what? Okay. You have okay, Kato. Can yeah. you start a can timer? We, get a timer? Yeah. we need to get it out of the, the words system. coming out of Austin's mouth. I need it. No, no, no. Hey, see, let's, that's fine. let's let's set metrics and timers. Start a timer the way for Mayor ten McKinsey minutes. would want us to. <laughs> Your timer is set for ten minutes. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you to Siri. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Jesus Christ! What the fuck is happening? I mean, we know what's happening. Is the actual thing is that we followed it. If you're like me and have lost sleep multiple nights in a row for a caucus that doesn't really matter in the long run. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here like, 
I'm, I'm already getting to the end of Outer Wilds, and I've got Austin sending like increasingly okay, frenzied ta- like <laughs> tweets that I'm like, I don't, I don't know whether to take this seriously or if Austin's in a place right now. I'm in a place. Where He's Austin talking about rounding up numbers. Oh my god! Like, I can just see him that up against system, a wall with red tape. That system is bananas, Rob. What were you gonna say? No, I mean, to be fair, the rounding system is wild. Yes, Austin would seem to be in a place because he posted a thread in our, in our chat that was later, like, somebody was like, man, look at this disinformation going around yeah. Twitter right what, now. Why it was like Ryan it, Grimm Which is why I didn't retweet it, because I was like, hmm. I know. And and it's, it I wasn't know. disinformation. And you, and you caught Ryan Grimm's Absolutely. It and the reason it's not, it, it wasn't disinformation because it was not, like, uh, intentionally, it was very easy to look at those numbers and go, what the fuck is happening with this rounding? I'm oh, just going to sure. say it out loud really quick. I'm not going to read the actual thing. But the way the system works is that every place in Iowa Every every like uh, a caucus hall or whatever. Uh, every there's a specific word here that I, it's not coming to my mind. Um, every district has a number of delegates to award, basically. Mm. And if you've not if you have not yet awarded that number because the like overall number of people who showed up didn't add up to that based on like how the, the math is done. Because caucuses are weird. Caucuses are not just straight voting. Caucuses are this kind of collaborative community, you know, co- uh, community driven thing. It's a uh, it's like it's like a shitty version of. Rank choice voting. It's like exactly. rank choice voting, yeah. but done totally. poorly. With multiple, with, with multiple, right, exactly. It's like rank choice voting, except instead of getting to like have like, oh, this is my number two, you have a period after your first vote where people can go like, wait, wait, listen, you you're didn't not do seriously that good. throwing your vote away on that guy, right? Exactly. Come over, <laughs> come literally stand over to, at this part of the gym, at this part of the high school gym. And so if you have, let's say you have to give seven votes away, but in the first few, the first round or first, you know, through the, through the, the system, you end up with only having given away five votes. You end up needing to, to give people those extra two votes, those extra two delegates that you wouldn't have that haven't yet yet been rewarded. And it goes. To, there's a, a, there's a series of systems here that include like too many rules to get into. But what it means is, on paper, you can have someone who has two point three votes and someone who has one point four votes, or let's say. Let's just say you can have someone on paper who has two point four one votes and someone on paper who has one point four two votes, and then they could both end up. That's actually not true. It depends on it depends on some other shit happening here. But you could end up with a situation where a, a lower number gets a delegate and a higher number just rounds down, and that gets very frustrating and weird mm-hmm. because it goes by like the highest decimal and it makes it look real. This is none of the shit I want to talk about. This isn't the thing. This is just, this is just, it's all, it's really frustrating. You got six minutes. Okay. What a frustrating way to start this, this primary season <laughs> because what do you, there's, there's a, every takeaway is valid in the media narrative because everyone, I guess the one thing that can't be, that can't be denied is that Biden underperformed. I guess that is the one thing that we yeah. can all surround ourselves Which is that, like, with. The most important, like yes. the most important takeaway from Iowa period. You can arguably make, even if Bernie squeaks it out, the, the takeaway from right. Iowa still would have been, look how fucking close. Yes. Mayor, Mayor Rat came to, uh, uh. Almost like that still would have been the story. It would not have been Bernie organizing. It wouldn't totally. have been his larger, like his coalition. It would have been Pete got really close. What does that say? And you could arguably make the case that by this all getting just like smothered out. And I know he did the shitty thing where he like claimed victory, but like whatever. Like he lost like an, a substantial, like sustained media coverage over. Um, like in the Iowa bounce is like really important to like the way the first like month plays out. I think so. Bernie comes out ahead. 
even even in a world where he like loses by 0.2%. I think it definitely motivates his base, right? Because like we everyone right, I know is like agreed. yo fuck this. You know what works go. really well? Feeling aggrieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Rob <laughs> yeah, but, is shaking I mean, his head. This, go ahead. There's this there's a couple weird dynamics here. One is that like Sanders supporters in a weird way if they are grieved, justifiably or not, they will be portrayed as feeding into this narrative of the toxic, unreasonable, conspiratorial Bernie bro, which is like this really frustrating box to see uh, Sanders supporters always placed in. I think the other thing, though, that does make me kind of look askance at what happened with Iowa was that it was very clear out of the gate that Sanders was really pushing for that Iowa bounce, that he was uh, really put committing a lot of resources to winning the state, which is primarily valuable for this week of media coverage uh, that you get uh-huh. on, on on the back of this. And we can critique like the validity of that system. I, mean, I think it's indefensible from you know a rational standpoint, but it is nevertheless the system that's existed for a number of years. And it does make me look at the situation where the Iowa Democratic Party pretty badly bungles the caucuses and creates a situation where uh, there is no clear winner, allows space for uh, Pete Buttigieg to claim victory when no numbers are really out based on internal numbers that that he had access to. Um, it The thing that like sits poorly with me is that it becomes a it become, Iowa becomes a place where Sanders may have wasted a bit of resources. I don't think that's going to be how it plays out in the end. I think he's going to actually like I think he's going to maybe you know squeak out a win here with with Iowa. Well, and, and he I just think, announced that he's raised more money right. in a single well, month and, than anyone raised in a quarter and last it, year. So it, I think the other thing here is, and I think you spoke to this last night in a private chat with me and Patrick, uh, is that the. The way that this the needle has come back, right? Uh, by the way, final dispatch from the needle. The needle now says, "Mr. Sanders' overwhelming strength in satellite caucuses has made the race very close." Uh, as as the the final tallies were being made, one of the big things that ended up spinning that ended up closing the distance between Bernie and Pete uh, was the satellite caucuses, which are these places that you're allowed to go caucus if, for instance, you can't be in a high school gym at seven p.m. That is like your local church or your local mosque. Mosque might have something. I said mosque, mosque, that's not a real word. Uh, uh, or your union shop might have a caucus for you to go and caucus at, you know, uh, at an hour when you can actually go do that because maybe you're working night shifts or maybe you're, there's other ways. And so those satellite caucuses, many of which were uh, new uh, new voters, like getting getting a, 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 a people who had previously either not shown up to caucus or had, had been kind of dis, disinterested in the entire process to begin with, activated and energized and that is kind of Sanders's whole theory of of kind of politics his whole theory of of winning what, what that race looks like nationally and so there is kind of a nice narrative of him like of those votes coming down the line at the last second to re you know uh, to, to reestablish his his coin flip lead says the New York Times um, briefly I just want to shout out motherboard all their great coverage you Rob you one more thing oh no um, oh, you're good. I like I, I do think it is I think it's very cool that that path might be Sanders' route to victory because that's very much of of a piece with what the theory of Sanders' politics has always been, right? That there are people who could be mobilized that the Democratic Party traditionally doesn't have a lot of interest in mobilizing. Lots of immigrants, lots of refugees actually also were were part of that, right? 
Yeah, and it's really heartening to see that heartening to see that happen in like a place like Iowa, where in particular, like a lot of the plain states, uh, there are a lot of marginalized communities of ag workers yes. who are working for uh, major meatpacking plants, uh, you know, ma- major agricultural firms at um, you know centralized depots, that sort of thing, and these are people who not only are frequently kind of ignored as voters, but are also generally erased from the narrative of who lives in Iowa. What does Iowa look like? Right, exactly. Totally, 100%. Right, like, yeah, in terms of people actually growing your food and and harvesting it, the odds of it being some John Mellencamp character, uh, you know, driving a combine on their family farm, that's actually pretty unlikely at this point. You just saw that Mellencamp released a campaign ad for... Yeah, okay. I, I, I was trying I to figure out if that was just a, a supreme coincidence, oh, yeah. or you saw oh, yeah. that. This no, I am. Too. I am here. Look, John Mellencamp knows his time of greatest uh, creative <laughs> output was during a time of worsening economic inequality and uh, finance capitalism destroying the heartland, and he wants to bring it back. Uh, for too long, the scarecrow has been without rain. For too long, there's been no blood on the plow. Uh, so, so here comes Mellencamp, uh, you know, caping for Bloomberg, but yeah, I think it's very cool that if Sanders pulls this out, it's going to be through those satellite caucuses through people that generally get ignored in the Iowa coverage cycle. And just think by the time we record another one of these, it will be another, uh, it'll be another voting day. Then there's our alarm. Here we go. Is it Monday? It's Tuesday. Oh, is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Okay. Okay. That's better. That's better for my brain. See, we've got the New Hampshire to do's day and then super to do's day where (laughs) Sanders puts this thing on lock and it will be the greatest to do's day of all. The greatest to do's day of all time. Uh, All right. (laughs) That's just the thing I genuinely said out loud. Delete that. That's a a really funny branding. That that would be a great podcast. Put that in the bucket of uh-huh. lots of ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, all right, Patrick. Real quick, maybe not real quick. Wait a second. You're going to. The, yeah. You're at the end of Outer Wilds. How's that going? We need an Outer I Wilds. I think so. Um, I mean, it's hard to know, right? I will. Here's what I'll say, um, and I will try and speak in uh, uh, generalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I can now uh, get around a lot quicker than I used to. Um, I have been to a very warm place. I know where I know how a lot of get around um, quicker. I don't even know what that means. You can get is he around like leaving as a treasure map. I <laughs> know <laughs> you want to. I don't want to. No, 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 you're good. You're good. You understand. Yeah, uh, you understand um, the way to get around quicker. Is that what you mean? Or you understand? Yeah. There's okay. a, yeah. There's a way to move around the space of that world a lot faster. Oh, um, interesting. I hadn't. I hadn't thought about using the thing you're talking about that way. Is what I'm. Th- well, I'm just I'm using thinking. that to be. I'm not using it to actually do that. I'm just using. Yeah, it that, like, I, I, yeah, make I got sense you. We're, as, we're, I'm connected now. I understand. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and the only uh, question marks I have left on, uh, like, sort of my uh, whatever the journal or whatever yeah, the rumor is map related to, um, uh, quantum mechanics and where oh, that stuff is going to take. Okay, well then me, now so, I don't know where the um, fuck you are. We'll we'll have to talk off mic about where you. I are. I do. I have to go. I have to. I have to go find a thing that is. Uh, there and then sometimes not there. Yeah. Okay. Mm, that's yeah, no, like that my I next get. step. That which, I yeah. Which I, from what I understand, when I briefly looked at a walkthrough to see where I was, seemed like that's at least I'm about to. You're getting there. Step into that. You're getting game. there. Yeah. Um. What are you thinking so far? 
I, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I like it a lot. I'm surprised how little friction I've run into. Like when I was started the game, I, I can't imagine the game without that map. I, oh, I don't, I think no, I would have stopped very quickly. Yeah. Um, the, the, and I specifically, not just the fact that it keeps track of things, but it's the writing, like what it keeps track of and the, the specific writing of tabulating what is important from like for people who haven't played it, like there'll be instances where you, you know, a lot of one of the main mechanics of the game is to find dialogue in this alien language. You translate it. And then when you walk away, it says ship log updated. And then it essentially like from like a three paragraphs of conversations that you've translated, it'll take away one like very simple line that yeah. allows you to like reinternalize um, that information. So that if you're trying to like, you know, there's this one general mystery you're trying to solve that you can very quickly in about a minute, like piece together, like, oh, right, that's what I was doing right. six hours ago when I stumbled upon this part of of the world. Um, and yeah, it's just neat, like that little bit that you and I, you talked about this in the game in the past, where it's a world that makes absolutely no sense. And then suddenly armed with all this information, it's like, oh, actually, this is far simpler. Like the I mean, it's complex, but like, it's not like it's yeah, it's actually yeah. like very simple. It's just the lack of information and your discovery and piecing together of all of that is is such a such a fun uh, a journey that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sad to be uh, near the end. I'd say like the only parts that were frustrating was there do become certain points where there's just not much else for me to do. Like when you start the game, the first like ten hours or so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're just like on a place, you're like. I don't really like this environment. I'm not really sure what I what to poke at. I'm frustrated. F- screw it. Like, go somewhere what's that else. comet in the sky? Yeah. I'm just going to go try and figure that thing out. Did you figure out the comet? Um, I did figure out the That's, comet. It's um, good. Comet content, good. Yeah. Ex- yeah. The, um, <sighs> the moment, the comet? <laughs> the moment, the moment that you're, I don't, again, speak yeah, yeah, as yeah. vague as possible. The moment you're on the comet and then, um, you start hearing some noises I'm like, what's that? Yeah. And then, like, you realize what the noises are doing. Um, they're, like, just the amount of things that are happening simultaneously that are inconsequential to whatever you're looking at but are nonetheless happening because they are they are all connected to the larger – like, as you go through the cycle and even as you're just wandering from one place to the other, in your head you're like, oh, right, this is what's happening there right, a small, right now a small as example. I do this. There are tornadoes in the ocean on Giant's Deep. Uh, this is a tiny mechanical spoiler. They will lift things from the planet up into space once every mm-hmm. five minutes or something like that. And that's like happening even if you're not near those things on Giants Deep because they're all part of this like clockwork mechanism of this solar system. Uh, and yeah. they're like you have to know that stuff to solve certain puzzles. You have to like uh, think about like wh- how these different spaces are connected. It's, it is really fucking cool. Yeah, uh, I'd say like the only thing that uh, I started running up to like this week is I've like sort of like to turn the corner to sort of like, you know, pro- this seems like whatever's the final act of the game is going to be. Um, is that like there's like, okay, cool. Like I'm on this planet with sand. Like this is the like the last pieces I need to start figuring out. And I'm just wait. I'm just sitting there waiting for this yeah. sand to go down. And like there are certain sequences where nothing starts until like like a full five, ten minutes into waiting for the sand to clear. And I don't know that the like so much of the game is better by virtue of not being able to have any management yeah. of the time. Like you cannot fast there's forward no meditating um, for like the world five minutes might, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. but 
and I don't know if I don't I don't know how the game would fundamentally change if like that was added as an option. But there are moments where I'm sitting around like, cool, this thing that I could accomplish in about five minutes because I just ran out of time on the last run. I am now going to spend 20 minutes like waiting to do is a little frustrating. Yeah. But I do think it would probably ruin some elements of the experience. I'm so I'm so curious what those conversations were like internally because it's such an obvious thing. And like they had to have talked about it totally, because like that yeah. they're, they're like that world especially is really the only one where you run into that friction. Like there are moments where hey, to do a thing, you need to blast off immediately, go there and yeah. like be on that planet, land, and you've got about 90 seconds before it goes away. But worst case scenario is go jump off a ledge and do the 90 second thing again. Right. Whereas this one is literally, this planet doesn't start doing a thing that unlocks a thing and you just have to wait for 10 minutes. Um, I got, I ended up getting really good at, at for that specific planet. I knew that stuff was there by like mid game. And so I would spend five or 10 minutes elsewhere in the system hitting, you know, uh, kind of um, chipping away at other stuff I knew. Like, oh, let me yeah. go explore the city a little bit more as I haven't finished. I, I know I still have one or two things in there. Let me see if I can find something. Mm-hmm. Then be like, all right, it's been like 10 minutes. Time to get the fuck over to the sand planet uh, for that exact reason. And even even doing that by the end of the game, uh, there was still stuff where I was like, all right, let me just, there's a specific puzzle on one of the two, the twin planets that I think is the biggest stumbling block in the game and the biggest like mistake. Uh, it's, it's a thing that you mm. will think you use a thing where you're like, I think I got the solution to this. And then you do the solution and it might just not, it might feel like it didn't work. And then you'll, sp- I spent like an hour or two trying other shit. Uh, and the rock. N- no, it's, it's on mm. the, it's on the planet that well, it's on the planet. So there's the, there's the planet that do- that starts with no sand and the planet that starts with a lot of sand. Yep. It's on the planet mm-hmm. that starts with a lot of sand. Uh, no, that's not. Yeah, right. that's true. It's on the planet that starts with a lot of sand. So it's on the Ash Twin. Um, uh, yes. Uh, and there's a one of the one the Ash Twin has a bunch of different buildings on it. It's one of the buildings. It's in one of the buildings. Talking about the spiky one. Talk about the. We're talking about the one that. I we cannot even talk about it. The spiky. Oh, okay. Are you talking so about the, one, one of the ones I got caught up in, since speaking as, as vague as possible, yeah. this weird conversation we're having without a while. <laughs> we have to have a spoiler <laughs> conversation when you're done. We will. We yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. We will when we finish it. Or when I finish it this um, on tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yeah, like there's various towers that you can explore. Yes. And one of them has a lot of these little spiky cactuses. Yes. That I never quite under. It was. It eventually. <laughs> It was unclear to me whether I needed to find an ability or I wasn't thinking through. I wasn't, you know, I didn't I, know how to proceed. Yeah. And that was one where I looked up what to do. And I was wish like, I had. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't feel bad about this because I just assumed at some point. You'd get something. I, the game, the game be like, because there are so many moments in this game where you encounter an obstacle and your takeaway is supposed to be, don't sweat it. Yeah. Leave. There will be a clear answer that you will find doing something tangentially that you didn't realize was connected to this, but that will then make you go, aha. Um, and probably some of the greatest moments are, I figured out the the trick of Giant's Deep myself yeah. by just uh, observing. And then eight hours later, found the room that's like, so by the way, this is what you do over at <laughs> Giant's Deep. And I was like, ha fucker, like, I got you. Because um, <laughs> you can't, right? there, like, there, 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 are, there are plenty of bits that you can just, you can just yes. st- either through accident or experimentation, you know, discover something that the game will more clearly 
uh, spell out for you. Um, and that was a really wonderful moment that I'm sure everyone has maybe a moment like that, that they have like kind of an, uh, haha, like I got you first game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That but yeah, we should, we should punt on this till... That spiky room, I just want to say, I got through that room the hardest sure. way possible. There was like a solution that if you're smart and you think and about both. it, you go like, oh yeah, that you just do this. Not me. I fucking turned that shit into a, the hardest platformer I've ever played in my life. And <laughs> Go real far. <laughs> Stop. Yep. Patch that hole. Yep. Go a couple more feet. Oops, I ran into the wall. Patch. Yep. That was not good. Uh, what I'm telling you is you might still have another thing to do on that planet. You might not know it, but there's another thing mm. for you to do on that planet for sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I, I bet. There okay. are some other towers, and I'm like, come on. Those, yeah, are, yeah. those look important. Those look important. <laughs> All right. No more Outer Wilds talk, uh, but we should, we should. once you finish it, let me know. Uh, that game's a good end. Yeah, I'll finish it this weekend, and maybe we'll do something yeah, next week. Sounds to, good. Um, right, it's, it's, it's Friday when this comes out. Right, okay. I'm like thinking about days, and it's difficult because this week's fucked me up. Uh, Rob? I hear that you've dipped your toes finally into the realm of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You've donned the robes, uh, though you're, the you're hiding the, the poncho. Sorry, you've donned the I'm poncho. I'm not wearing the Thank poncho. Thank you, Kata. <laughs> yeah, poncho no, doesn't look good. The, pon- the no poncho <laughs> look it can be all right. Like the just like the flight suit, the jumpsuit looks okay. Yeah, yeah. that's a classic Katarn-esque look. Yes. Yeah. The poncho. But that poncho. Mm, yeah, it's it's like he looks like a tourist. With that, it looks like a really poorly like dressed tourist. Where it's like, oh shit, I'm on an ice planet now. I better. What do people wear on this ice planet? Oh, this aquamarine, <laughs> like marshmallow colored, uh, like poncho. That, yes, that looks cool. I'll he's fit right a, in. He's got a fanny pack under there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was surprised by how much I am enjoying it. It is one of those moments that. Um, you're forced to confront how you are, st- how much you are still into Star Wars, right? How much this <laughs> stuff can still get to you. And Austin, I feel like I'm probably echoing stuff that you talked about back when this first came yeah. up. Nevertheless, I'm playing this, and from out of the gate, I'm sort of saying to myself, like, this is the good shit. It's this the good shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the intro and- is fantastic. It is such a good. Everything up until the, the junkyard, the, the or the stripping, the, the, the whole yeah. junkyard, yeah. yeah. Like t- till you leave the junkyard God, is one of my favorite intros. To mm. it gives me real Rogue One vibes. Uh, like just ah, like loved it's, that whole sequence. It's like the best stuff in Rogue One, and really the most effective stuff in uh, Han Solo as well. Mm-hmm. Or was it uh, Star Wars Solo? Solo, Solo. a Star Solo. Wars story, a Star Wars story. I was yeah. like, is it a Solo story? I can't fucking remember. <laughs> Look, look, it's it's the one where Woody Harrelson teaches Han how to do crimes. <laughs> and just playing uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson goes back in time and travels in space. Actually, it was a different time. He's in the same physical space, but the, the other galaxy was in the same space. Right. So it's like time travel and space travel. And he shows up and there's Han Solo and he teaches him how to be a criminal. But I think like part of this is... P- like we, we've always seen this with expanded universe stuff. Some folks either have a handle on the Star Wars vibe or they don't. Yeah. Respawn seems to have it on lock. And I think part of it is, um, you know, when I was playing it, my, like MK out of the blue was like, is this made by those people who made that fucking mech game our roommates were always playing? Damn. Um, <laughs> Called yeah, shot. I was, I was but she she pointed out like no the the way the machines look the the lighting just yeah. the, the whole vibe just feels like that game and it occurred to me how much respawn 
like Titanfall also had a great physicality, had this great sense of this is how things work in this universe. This is the machinery people have. This is how people, this is where people like tend to live. Even though they were all like multiplayer death arenas, uh, the Titanfall games still had that sort of Macquarie-esque attention to detail and, uh, you know, and to mo- and modeling. And I think some of that is really driving my affection for Fallen Order. The Breaking Yard is a tremendous setting, one of my favorite in I've ever seen in Star Wars, uh, where you see not just the scale of what happens to all these old discarded warships, right? Mm-hmm. We see the detritus of the, the Clone Wars, but also we get this feel for what it's like to commute to the fucking Star Destroyer Breaking Yard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is a, that is a cool beat that doesn't exist in other Star Wars places. It was a new and novel story about Star Wars, which is the entire opening act is you'd almost take it as a short story about just this working stiff who finally like decides he's had enough one day and covers for his buddy. Dude, the hero of that prologue that is is your buddy. That, that you're right. That whole intro would have been, if there had been like a tales from the, from the ship breaking yard short, you know, a short story compilation, like there was tales from Jabba's palace and tales of the bounty hunters, that little intro would have totally the Jedi who is hiding his, his identity. And then his friend, he saves his friend. You're, that would be an incredible, you know, 30, 40 page little, 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 uh, a read. Um, and I think that's why it catches you so quickly because of how, and they, they try to do this. They try to continue this as you go through the game in terms of each planet kind of having its own micro arc that could be a self-contained episodic story. I don't think it it does as well as, especially now that I've had more time to think on it, as well as that intro and then the handful of other times where things are a little bit more linear and and stick to that, stick to their guns of like developing a level that draws you through it, that is constantly hitting you with new narrative beats. And I don't just mean dialogue or story, but like this sort of like broader world building exercise that can happen when you turn a corner and something new is revealed. Um, but they have a, they have a mastery over it when they deploy it in that way, when they know they can reveal, they can do the Star Wars thing of showing you a dirty old broken spaceship or uh, a spectacular and, uh, ve- you know, uncontrolled creature, um, both or, or, you know, an ancient temple that that has fallen into disrepair. It hits all of those modes so well. Yeah, and I, I think the the downside, and again, we cover this a bit, like, I just don't find the Zepho stuff all that interesting. Playing a Star Wars <laughs> I forgot that uh, that's what they were Zelda called. style. <laughs> yeah, I dude, I did a double take. I was like, that's right. Austin mentioned the, so the, the fucking Zepho. Uh, you remember the Zepho? Huge <laughs> in Star Wars. We love the Zepho. I mean, that was, that was my whole bit when we, I was like, Austin, like, right, this is like part of like some extended <laughs> universe stuff, right? They're just, they're just pulling this in. Like, nah, just another... Made up alien race that also touched on the force. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's why not? What what the um, God? Even the way they look sort of looks like that precursor race in Mass Effect. Sure. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Pro the progenitor. Uh, oh, the pro Proth- the Protheans. Protheans. Yeah, yes, yes. kind of has that vibe, but yeah, it 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 does uh, feel like. It just that part feels like very boilerplate. Like, well, we have to have look. We we have to justify why you're not going to be hanging out in populated regions of space, and will instead be hanging around in these um, 
uncharted ass. <laughs> it's all yeah, mazes. it's all temples and um with like the best storytelling that that game does is like exploring the consequences of Order 66, like people's relationship with the Force, like the ramifications of the Jedi as an order. Like I yeah, I'd much rather that game had like just one city you were going around doing shit in that just like, well, yeah, you open this door and then there's a cave down here. Cool. Like you can give me that part too. Just hide it behind a door instead of like sending you off to like just some random part of the game. Like there's no cohesion. There's like v- barely a narrative thread other than it feels like they sat around going like, well, we want ca- this kind of world, yeah. this kind of world, this kind of world and throw them into a temple. Because I think the the... I like the combat a lot. I like the elements they took from Dark Souls. I don't like the level design elements they tried to take from Dark Souls. I think those fall extremely flat. And I think if you just, like, refined that combat, like, really honed that in, uh, took that stuff up, and then just made it a more Uncharted-y experience and, like, send me to real planets with real people, I have, there's a lot of potential for for where they could go with that. I will say I'm surprised by how much I'm liking the combat. Uh, I know it is... It's not really a Souls-like, but at the same time, there is just enough there that I'm really satisfied by... You get a flavor, though. Like, yeah. that's like, it's like it's yeah. it's really nice. I think it's it's a great, like, not even like an intro game, because I don't know that you're going to, like, play this and then be like, I want to go play Sekiro and get my <laughs> ass whooped. It's more... Um, it's always nice when you can play a game that l- lets you get an understanding of what attracts people to a game, even if you don't won't find yourself ever like, you know, it's why like I love XCOM. Like I don't, I'm not going to be a strategy like guy. That's not my thing, but XCOM lets me play in that world. Gives me a taste of like, aha, I understand what this does for people and why they want to go yeah. way down the rabbit hole. And I, th- I think Jedi order like is an opportunity for people that to, to understand that for people that, then want a second or it's like, yeah, but what if you only had a, a fraction of a second to pull it off? And then if you didn't do it, you died and you go back 20 minutes. Like, doesn't that sound great? Fuck me up, fam. <laughs> Honestly, I think yeah, the, uh, I can parry easier in Sekiro still. Yeah. I Yeah. But like that, that is the other half of it, right? Is that like the combat design and from stuff is a little bit tighter or like the yeah. execution on that stuff. Yeah. So that. I don't when I've died when I die in Jedi Fallen Order to one of those Rams, which I always shout out. I'm gonna keep doing it because they fucking suck. <laughs> it doesn't ever feel like it's because I fucked up. It always feels just like dodge, just I, dodge, man. I, you I do slow them down. You dodge uh, out of the way. Sometimes I don't have the force juice. <laughs> I did kind of like that. Uh, you know, I I had sort of my first f- moments where I was hitting certain encounters, and just because of the mix of enemy types that were there, I was like, okay, just running around like cutting down stormtroopers is not getting it done like that that like I'm past the point in the game where this is going to happen and I just sort of like pause and I looked at the group of enemies in that area and sort of had that like my first sort of moment where I realized like uh, you know almost like in those really corny uh, sequences in the fucking Sherlock Holmes movies where he plans out like how he's going to beat a dude and because he's so <laughs> smart he sort of thinks about like the advantages he can he can find where he's going to punch a guy like I have deduced that fucking up this guy's kidney would hurt him well done Holmes you've done it again astounding but nevertheless I had that moment for myself where I was like okay so I'm going to have to do a dash charge into that guy and cut him down out of the gate. And then that's going to bring the other guys in on me, but the rocket launcher dude's going to fire anyway, whether his homies are there or not. So I'm just going to dodge roll out of that. And I had that whole, like I plotted out the whole fight in my head and then I went ahead and did it and executed it to like 85% of the plan. Like largely what I set out to do, 
I did and could express through this like building moveset that I had had available. And it was sort of my first moment of like, oh, that was actually really satisfying. Like that was that is different than what I used to do in the Dark Forces games where you could always just sort of kite these guys and then gun them down with a blaster. Here I sort of had my first moment where, oh, there is like a uh, almost choreography to what I have to do to make it work. And that's been, that's also been really satisfying. I just, I, I do wish the game weren't steering me away from that good star Wars stuff quite as much yeah. and toward like empty temples and shit. Totally. Totally. That is, that is the, uh, I, I will say that like, I think long-term, I think you'll probably end up in a pretty happy place with it because I know I have a good idea of where your tastes are and they eventually, I think that they, that they, they kind of thread the needle on that stuff. And I don't want to say that they're the Zepho shit ends up necessarily being rewarding or compelling. Um, but what it does end up doing is being a launch pad for character work that ends up being some of the strongest stuff here, which is surprising because I think the first half of that game, every time I went to a Zepho temple, I was like, man, fuck this. I want to like, let me fight alongside some Wookiees. Let me cut down some more stormtroopers. I don't want to go deep into these, these temples because the stuff, the, the story that they're telling about the Zepho is not necessarily interesting. And I don't know that it ever becomes interesting, but by the end of that game, uh, mm. even by the, the kind of uh, the, the end of the second, second act, um, you, they, be, it becomes a location that allows for some really great character work. Um, so I, I hope you stick with it. I'm really curious to see uh, where you, where you come out. I'm a little skeptical that the Wookiees would know about a civilization that's dead on a scale of geographic, uh, geologic time. They, what do you that mean? Seems... The Wookiees are old. The Wookiees have been around a long time, and they're old. Like an individual There's Wookie, old and there's old. Uh, okay, what's that mean? You're like, there's a Yoda old versus a Wookiee old. But well, Chewie's like hundreds like, of years. Yeah, but like, aren't the Zepho sort of portrayed as like being thousands of years? Right, but yeah, like pre this, pre even this instance of civilization, right? Like, it's like I think they were around during. It's a little mush. To be like, I'll bet the Wookies know about that. They live for like a few hundred years, right? It's like, but they have they. But think about that. Think about how long if if Chewbacca, two hundred years old, not even a Wookiee elder, two hundred years old, not even an elder. That's true. Uh, so imagine pop, really. two, an elder if Chewie when Chewie when Chewie is four hundred or whatever the fuck I don't know how old they live. Uh, uh, Chewie can talk to a little youngling. The younglings aren't the same thing, but a little youngling and be like, "Cado, can I get the Chewie?" I'm getting there. You can't Keep have going. a. You can't do a Chewie sound for oh, me. Oh, what? I was like, can I get a? I needed a Chewie in that. Chewie. Chewie would say to a youngling. <laughs> And then the young man would go, "Wow!" Wait, so what did what did Kato, what did Kato think you were asking I, for? What is he? What I think did, he was looking for? Like, the ages I'm getting of, there. Uh, Chewies. <laughs> I think he was trying to look up the ages. Of, <laughs> I exactly. Is this ages like a, a, a Dragon Ball Z thing? He's got to like work up to. Like, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Give me a fucking. Uh, so there's no awesome. camera in here. Like, but all the pebbles on the ground started vibrating <laughs> as he was charging his power. His hair is actually blonde now. You're right. It's 400. 400. What's good? I could tell because Chewie's about 200. Yeah, Chewie's got another 200 years in him. Chewie at 400 can look down and be like, listen, there was this Palpatine motherfucker. We dealt with that, or did we? <laughs> the dead speak. Um, and and we'll tell the whole story of the entire Skywalker saga. And after the Skywalker saga, Chewie's going to live for another 100, like 170 years or something, right? Uh, and so 
uh, and they'll fake kill him another seven times. Uh, and so the the I think that in that in in a culture like that, you end up passing on more knowledge or a longer period of knowledge. Maybe they would they would know about that. They wouldn't know about the Zepho, but they'd be like, oh yeah, I know where a temple is. It's got a bunch of Z's on it. Probably a Zepho temple. You know, only the word Zepho marks is not on. If I do a Google search for Zepho marks, there's only two results. Mm. I feel like that's a failure. Do you know they were called Zephonians? They're not called Zephonians, are they? According to Wikipedia. No, they're just the Zepho. The, the Zepho. The Zepho, also known as the Zephonians. Says who? <laughs> Says Wikipedia. That sounds offensive. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Zephonians. Zephonian. That, that sounds like that. But you know what? That one Jedi dude would absolutely be like, I found the temple of the Zephonians. A fascinating <laughs> people. I'm so, I'm so, I see I've got a lot of messages from Master Yoda. I will get to those later. I must continue looking into the Zephonian mystery. The Zephonians have the most exotic cuisines. Fuck off. I will I will I will go to the Wookiees. Their rich oral traditions probably know something about the Zephonians. Perhaps one of them will be my porter. Oh, God. I know a Wookiee who says you can't get good Wookiee food on Coruscant, but I have been to the forests of Kashyyyk, and I will tell you Coruscant's Wookiee food is just as good. Fuck. All right. We should take a break. <laughs> we should take a break. Hey, also, in Fallen Order 2, can they just give, like, a couple more polygons to the Wookiees so they don't look like oh, Lego? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Wookiees look so bad. Show some respect oh, to Wookiee God, culture. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> It is, it is on some like, oh, we don't have the hardware to do a good, to put Wookiees, to put playable Wookiees in the game type shit. It is, it is, they look terrible. They look, they also look sick. Wookiees are just as hard as women, it turns out. Like the tech is just not, not, there. not there yet. Some God. rigor was just like, fuck this. God, it's miserable. They look like, they look, they look too tall and thin. They don't have the mass. And they also look, they all look. That's like Salonians. Obviously, and that's okay. What if they're Salonians in disguise, Rob? This is a thing we had not considered. I don't think they're Salonians in disguise. Can they transform? Do they change? No, they don't. I don't think we don't. Do we, uh, who, what are the, what are the, there are, there are, there are, uh, like shapeshifters in Star Wars, obviously, right? That's, there's one in Attack of the Clones, right? Well, I know there's wraiths. Wait, what's a wraith? But I can't. Uh, invisible, uh, like they're called a fur coat, creature with like active camo fur. Basically. They're called changelings. I thought they were called the one who I'm thinking of is the one from. Hmm. Hmm. I believe you. We can't fall down this hole again. But I think you're. I think you're right. I think oh, I've heard the word changeling. This is just a. This is just a. Oh, know. is it a lowercase C changeling? Apparently. Oh, that's not good. No. Mm. Mm. Patrick just shared an image that is very upsetting. Oh, yeah, that's like that's like that's like a more flattering. Um, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Those is are that, not. Oh wait, here we go. Here we go. That's just like a teen. Right, hold on. That's like a teen Wookiee. Follow up. <laughs> is the problem there the model, or is it the fact that like the texture? Look at it. Look, look at that one, Rob. Oh jeez. Oh my god. That's so yeah. bad. <laughs> hold mm, on. Let's keep going. Hmm. Hmm. No. Nope. Oh no. Lashley. Oh. You know what? <laughs> he's, what does he, it look like a Dr. A Seuss character? <laughs> they do. You know, he you're right. He does look like a Dr. Kata Seuss. was absolutely right. You're looks right. Looks like a Dr. Seuss character. Oh. What? Is he wearing is that, is that clothes? 
No, that's his. That's his body. That's their body. This is bright orange. His. I think that's yeah, just I like. I think that's just the beautiful sunlight beaming down on whatever planet this is, <laughs> revealing the bright orange core the of a Wookiee's heart. Hooky. The the Wookiee sun kissed Wookiees just like like sort of just highlights your hair picks up exactly. and you spend a lot of time in the sun. Yes, Reverend's like, damn, Loey, you are you you're really looking good. God, all right, we've got to take a break. We're falling into an EU hole and we can't do that. BRB, you, you, you. My favorite Star Wars race, the you. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, we are back. Kato, you and I, speaking of, yeah. of Respawn, we've actually put some Respawn time in yeah. this week also. Lots of respawning. Apex well, Legends. Not so much respawning. Uh, well, I, we've had some good runs based Couple on respawns. Yeah. Uh, we've been playing some Apex Legends. Uh, season four season just four. dropped. Season four adds a new character named Revenant. Yes. Uh, Sk- skeleton. Who's like a robot. skeleton robot assassin. Yeah. Who has like, who has like some abilities that feel very like high level play abilities there's there's um i guess like the least high level play one is like you can climb walls better yeah uh, you have a, a kind of a grenade that does a little bit of damage and cancels or like um silences enemies prevents enemies from using their abilities mm-hmm. which seems like i'm curious if that gets adopted but it feels like high level play might demand that or, or I, I bet I, i'm betting that he ends up in rotation with high level play a right. lot because that's the sort of like second layer of of strategy that i you would think would do well in in competitive right um and the third thing is a uh, what's called a death totem I, I don't know why it's called a totem this is not a character with any religious background there's no spiritual totemic stuff in his history as far as i can tell but he drops a death totem uh <laughs> and if you touch it you and your part you and your team touch it it basically prevents you from dying and instead of dying you teleport back to the totem as long as you're within its range or as long as it's still up i'm not 100 sure yeah, how it works the mechanics are iffy there um but it's a cool character uh and then they updated the map um, they'd switched maps earlier this year or earlier la- or middle of last year, I guess, to a new map. And now that map has some new stuff on it uh, and then some balance changes and stuff. But I think really it's just like new season is a good excuse to get back into the game. It's been a year since this game came out. Yeah. It was such a big surprise last year. I'm curious, Kato, have you been keeping up with it at all? And how do you feel coming back to it? Absolutely not played at all since the beginning, since it came out basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is very funny getting the like, Hey, here's the, put this thing on the badge that says that you you've been playing for the whole year. It's like you're no, a founder. I'm not a f- yeah. Sure, I guess you're I was founder. here. Are you yeah. trying to? Are you trying to get another piece of unearned game swag? <laughs> God damn it! No. Are you are you fronting shirt. again, just like you did with Destiny? I'm good. 
I mean, I put it on. I put it on my banner. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah there you go. Kato going to Cafe Press, just being like, I solved the corridor of time, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. It's like that seems that seems God. legit. Best, best. <laughs> Blowing up meme. a very fake-looking bungee logo into the shirt. Best Iowa meme I did see was uh, this new map of Iowa makes it look like looks makes it look like Bernie can win. It was the picture of the Infinite Forest from Destiny. Extremely Fuck. good. Oh, that's anyway. Good. Um. But yeah, uh, uh, one the, the the biggest thing that has changed since I last played is obviously going to be the map, and you know they added new characters. But the one that's like the most affecting to me because I don't have didn't have any of those characters unlocked was the map and how much more dynamic this new map feels versus the older one, where um, there were like pretty distinct areas, uh, but there was something about. Either the, like it, it felt like the 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 kind of differences in um, art styles didn't make them as distinct as I feel like they could have, and this one kind of feels like they really like pushed what like each like the the theme of like oh that's each, the like, one under the giant tree. There's yes. a giant tree here yes. now. You can really kind of even from above as you're like looking down differentiate the different kind of zones a little easier. I feel yeah, like. it's not just like a kind of. Um, you know, I think that that first map was Star Wars done wrong in some ways, mm. where it's like facility after facility in the jungle and like not right. really no like this facility is next to some like green gas, so it's right. kind of green in this area, but <laughs> yeah. it's the same facility like the same as facility. this one over here. Yeah, that's near some in red like, gas, or right, some or red red lava, or like or whatever some grass or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this has like really cool differentiation. I think that the each of the zones that you fight in, like the micro zones that you would actually have fights in, are way more interesting. Yeah, um, there's lots of places to slide up and down. Like I think about the, there's like the cataclysm or whatever, where there's like a big ice spike right. that has caused a bunch of hills around it. And there's like fun lines to like zip, literally zip lines, but also just like lines and the kind of skateboarding sense of like ways you could slide down this place, get behind some cover, blah, blah, blah. And then right. the more urban environments feel like what I wanted from the, uh, was it the second map of PUBG that added high rises? Was that Miramar? Miramar, yeah. Um, and like the the high rise area in the high rise area in the new Apex map or the Apex map that came out six months ago, uh, but new for us who were just coming back to the right. game, are so good at producing a different style of encounter um, that makes like that building to building running feel really stressful because you can get caught out with no cover, right. but makes it like, and also allows for that kind of interior urban d- d- fight to, to happen. Totally. Rob was out of hand. I had a question about that. Cause yes. like high rises are always, they seem like a tempting tactical environment, but in implementation they're they're actually really tricky. Like uh, famously, if you played like, Red Orchestra 2, there's this notorious level grain elevator uh, where the entire thing is just in this giant Soviet grain elevator. And it was a really intricate and complicated space, but it was also completely bewildering. Like it was, it just ended up feeling arbitrary in terms of the lines of sight and who could get shots off. And I think that's been true of a lot of spaces that we like, you know, we find vertical spaces interesting in shooters, but in terms of, you take like a, a high rise housing block is that just going to be a maze like Warren full of empty space where you have to just like, you know, go play Marco Polo for people? How do like, how do they combine both the, it needs to be not a gigantic maze that takes up a disproportionate amount of space on the map or, or mind share, I guess, uh, versus making it still feel like this intricate 
uh, room to room fight that you can get in. I think that they cheat because it's not actually a housing block, right? Like it's it's uh, the way that they do it is, is a few things. One is they have lots of sight lines. Uh, just about so, let me just give you a picture of what this actually is. Let's say there's a high rise. Next to the high rise is going to be like immediately next to it uh, on the same like block, the same city block. So these these high rises are not taking up entire blocks. Uh, yeah. Right next to it will be. Uh, let's say a much shorter building, like a little like restaurant or something that you can run in uh, that has a second floor. And you can hop up to the second floor because all characters in this game can climb one floor of height basically with a jump. So it already makes maneuvering through these spaces really easy. Inside of a high rise will be three floors uh, of actual space that you can like run around. So it's like a three floor building. And then maybe there'll also will be a zip line going vertically, like a, like a tether running down from the roof inside of an, an empty elevator shaft. And that will let you bounce up to the very top. And then each of those three floors have big windows at certain places. So in general, you're just constantly, if there are people in the area, there are lots of ways to get sight on them, however briefly. And because the game is so fast paced, um, and, and part of the reason it's so fast paced is you have lots of healing items, you have characters who have lots of move, like special abilities for, for egress, for closing distances, mm -hmm. uh, and for getting away safely. And you have a respawn mechanic where you can get resurrected if things go bad. There's lots of uh, encouragement for high risk play and seeing someone quickly developing a strategy for engagement and then closing in to make that engagement happen because it rewards aggression. It's still a game that fundamentally rewards aggression. Um, though we did have some runs where we did manage to like hold down a spot a little bit and like make a make a, one of these buildings our base of operations yeah. in these city zones. There are also big high rises that only have those first three floors and you cannot get to the roof that's very, very, very high up and they're not filling 10 floors of emptiness, which is what some of the PUBG floors did. Where it's like, this is not, it is like, it's cat and mouse in the worst way. It's very rare that I'm in these zones where like I lose sight of what the oh and here's the last thing which is it's super easy to actively mark where people are right um, you hit a button and there's a, a spot goes up on the map as it's been since the launch with Apex where everyone on your team knows oh shit Austin found someone over there and that that eliminates so much confusion around saying like I saw someone over there on the third floor in the blue building. And I think if that's part of your fantasy, you maybe you end up missing that a little bit because I know from playing games that have had urban maps before in more strenuous or like, you know, tense fight situations, part of the fun is being on a call and be like, yo, I think I see someone and someone going where I go over there in the blue building. Like that is that is fun. Uh, but in terms of just like letting you get into that action, this is so good. We're actually skipping the most important thing. The new map has a train. Yeah. Fucking. The, the train is so good. The train is fucking great. Um. Uh, I don't know what the it's like almost always spicy but sometimes not and what it does is that it moves around you know the entire map yeah it has loot on it that's good loot usually on it. pretty good loot purple on or, it. or gold because there's loot levels for people who haven't played apex there's loot levels in this game and so there will be purple or gold loot pretty regularly on this thing yeah um and so like most of the time if it's close enough to to where the the flight path uh there'll be other people going for it and it it is like you know it's it's a train it's long and narrow which means that there's um a mad dash for uh, to grab loot but also a lot i've found that actually punching people and trying to like you know there's a decent amount of not back on on melee in this game you can kind of knock people off it becomes pretty you know chaotic 
from the jump, but not in this way of like a spicy zone where people are picking up loot and then running at each other with long distances. It's like very claustrophobic, very, very, um, you know, quick. You'll know very quickly when you start on the train whether or not it's going to be a train game or a a small train encounter and then everyone dies. Right, Um, totally. And then what it does is once you're on it, it actually has different stops. uh, And those stops will when the train is stopped at the station, have extra loot that is only available there. When the train is there. So you pull into a station and then it goes like beep, beep, and like these little like yellow pylons light up and doors open from the floor to reveal extra loot crates. It's great. It's great. It feels so good to roll into a station and get some extra looting in. Yeah. Um, And it's just, it's just like a fun micro fight. It's a good way to just instantly get some like, some like, you know, uh, get into some firefights and get into firefights in a, in a, a geometrical like style of space that you just don't get these hallway fights right are really fun yeah um uh I, it's also really uh i found a couple of times where uh we get off we'd like loot some stuff and then be like let's hop back on train game train game like tra- tra- try to stay on the train as long as possible yeah. um and just like the it, it it gives us different um because it moves so quickly too like uh it feels like there were times where even if the smarter thing would have been to run straight towards the circle, it was like, oh, this train loops around. It'll yeah, make it there by the time. It'll make it there. It'll be fine. And then sometimes it's fine. Sometimes <laughs> it is not sometimes fine. Sometimes it's not. Um, but it's just like this added, like, the, the and then another layer of mobility into this game that already did a smart thing by having lots of different kind of mobility, even with uh, characters that have come out since original launch like octane yeah octane um, is so fun yeah we had a run last night it was me you and natalie were playing and i was playing as octane yeah we went to the train y'all immediately got got <laughs> i was octane i think i missed the train straight up so i missed that whole fight and i wound up in the tunnel like a train tunnel yeah uh and octane has an ability that's from uh Titanfall, which is called Stim, where, uh, I mean, in Titanfall, you don't lose health while doing it, but in, in Apex, you kind of give yourself a Stim boost. You basically, like, you inject something into your into your cybernetic body that gives you a little boost of speed, uh, and then over time, you'll recharge that health that you lost, but it makes you run really fast, and so the two of you got downed on the train, you climbed off the train. Yeah. Uh, I ran towards you, literally past another player. Like, another player was coming towards me in right. the tunnel. I was like, I gotta go past that motherfucker, grabbed y'all, and then and then ended up running halfway across the map to try to get in because we were on such a bad, like, uh, deficit on time because the ring was closing in around us. And we ended up having one of the best games um, and that would not have happened that if was, I did not have the mobility. Right. That was one of our number twos. That was one that, that was, ended in that in yes. that firefight. And also, uh, at the end of that uh, fight, you had uh, Octane has the Octane's oh, ultimate yeah. or whatever it's they're ultimate, called in this game. Yeah, I think is uh, one that charges really quickly, but it is a a, a trampoline, right? Yeah. That let, that gives you a lot of um, horizontal movement, and you can. Uh, we were at we were on top. Of that building. Yes. And there were people coming yes. up from the bottom. Yes. You dropped it, and we were able to make, like, clear the distance between two, like, pieces it was not of just, cover. It was not just two pieces of cover. It was, like, I a put building? it down on the roof of a one building. Yeah. The train station was in between right. us and another half of the city. I dropped this trampoline, and we jumped over the train station into another building where we were able to, like, bunker down and get ready for them to come in at us. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like we, we would have won 
if I knew I was playing Watson that game. Yeah. I, we, we fucking bunkered oh. up. I didn't put down a single fence. You should have put down a single fence. Oh, you should have put down at least one fence. This is the problem with leaving a game for that totally. long. Totally. I, I, I like, will say, like, I ended up putting in more time. I played with y'all. I played with some other friends. I played solo last night. Um, I keep having these moments that are the thing that made me love that game to begin with, which were just like, I can, that's what I've always said. You know this by now. Is like, I love to narrativize the play that I have. Right. I love to tell stories about it. And like last night, there was another moment where I needed to like rush. I I, I had to rush down a train tunnel that was being pinned, where I was being pinched behind me by the wall. I grabbed, <laughs> I had grabbed, it was kind of similar to your situation, the situation with us uh, yeah, yeah. last night, where I had grabbed the kind of respawn tokens from my, the two uh, randos that I was playing with. Uh, and and I grabbed them right as the wall came in behind them. And I was running into a tunnel while people were running out of the tunnel towards <laughs> me. And I managed to octane again. No, I was playing as Bangalore. I dropped smoke, ran through the smoke, Turned around and dropped two of them. Nice. It just feels so good. It feels so good to have these moments of like high spike uh, action, right? Where character abilities are running into each other, where you have to quickly make a make a decision about what the environment looks like, what your best mode through is. It's such a good first person shooter. I'm really happy to be playing it again, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to keep it in my rotation. Like now that I'm moving into this mode of having games that I play that are not for coverage, <laughs> uh, which is a great, it's fantastic. It's really cool to be able to do that. Uh, putting it in there it w- would be really good. I, that I, must be nice. It's wild. I mean, I say that, but then we talked about Apex, and I'm gonna talk about Final Fantasy in a bit, probably. So I mean, <laughs> it's more like only they they only come in coverage when it's interesting for me to say something. Versus, I gotta fucking find something interesting to say because I put <clears> more than five minutes into this thing speaking of patrick have you been playing anything else (laughs) uh yeah there's a a couple things i um want to shout out because it's like february so yeah just sort of like just been going through uh, a bunch of different things um there's a game that just went into early access called uh scourge bringer uh scourge bringer scourge Um, i think scourge yeah uh it launched uh on early access on steam and it's on xbox game pass on oh, PC, shit. okay, um, not oh, on yeah. Xbox at the moment because oh, that's ooh. a different set of libraries. Um, but is it on the, Xbox at all, or is it not even on Xbox? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it's on Xbox. When I, I was looking at the press release just a minute ago, and they were, uh, it says Xbox Game Pass on PC. So maybe it's on. I don't think so. I, th- I think it's. I think it might be coming there, there later. I think it's just a PC thing. Anyway, that's the. Uh, uh, irrelevant like basically it's a uh it's it's a roguelike in which the the platforming the closest analog is a game like celeste in which you have like very mm. precise platforming where dashing is a huge part of um the movement um and it also has sword-based combat that reminds me a lot of samurai gun in its yeah. sort of precision and the way the 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 fl- the flow of going from room to room is that you're you're constantly dashing around and there are enemies and when they flash uh i believe it's red that means they're open f- they're 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 like prepping an attack but that means they're also open to um being sort of like disabled and so if you use a charge attack of your sword you will temporarily like kind of like 
fritz them out and it'll take them a moment to recover. And so the the flow of like, as you're going from room to room is like, all right, here are the enemies. I'm going to try and take out like the basic ones as I like dash around this room. And then, oh, those three bigger ones, they're starting to charge up, like charge, hit, charge, hit, charge, hit. Those are all, they're, they're still cool. I'll come back to them in a second, like clear out the rest of the room. And you're just like, just darting around in a way that is just like incredibly, like it feels so good to move in this space. Um, it's the kind of thing where like I played if, if, at a very similar uh, reaction to this that I had to Dead Cells in which I like came in, I was like, this seems cool as hell. I'll be back in six months. Right. Um, right. Just because I'm just not, I, I'd always rather, I, 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 intellectually, I think it would be interesting to play games as they're put together, but it's the same reason I haven't played Hades, which sounds like a game that I would fucking love, because um, I'm just waiting for Supergiant to like put a bow. Oh, it does seem like now that's a game you could jump into pretty comfortably and have a really great time with. People love um, that game. I'm I'm with you on that. Really, one. I'm, I'm. I saw. I think. I, then I saw Greg. Yes. I saw Greg Casavan saying like, "Yeah, we're working out what 1.0 is going to be sometime this year." I was like, "Cool, all right. I'll just then I can set I that can aside wait. and yes." Yes, because I don't um, want to do the thing where I play that game for four hours and go, oh, I'll get to it when it comes out, and then I don't do that because I'm busy then. I want to feel like it's a new game when it comes out, and I'll actually give it that attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with Scourgebringer, it's, it's similar where it's like, okay, I played enough that like, this is on my radar. I'm going to be checking in on this like once a month, seeing where it's at, and I wanted to put it on other people's radar that if uh, – also, the, the roguelike loop is extremely fast. Like, yes, you die really fast, but mm-hmm. also – it's you just it, it, it you just want to jump right back in. It doesn't. Are you um, getting you know, loot? When I, when what, I, do, what is the what is the roguelike? Is yeah, it just- yeah, yeah. You're okay. getting yeah. You're you're getting like different um, abilities. Like oh, like you know, clear a room and gain a piece of health back. Like oh, like uh, there's a gun that I didn't really get a sense of how to use very well, so I wasn't using it that much. But like oh, the recharge time on your gun is fifty percent faster, and so you're getting these different drops that occur in different rooms that are going to augment your abilities. And also has sort of the uh, um, the uh, uh, rogue legacy bit. And this well, rogue legacy was the one that kind of popularized it amongst a lot of people, but it's not unique to that game, especially right, now. Right. But the idea that you're not just completely starting from scratch, you are taking currency that unlocks abilities that then allow you to go into the next run, you know, with extra health or, you know, other stuff like that. So that's kind of the, the setup they have here. Um, but it just controls really, really, really well. And so if that kind of sounds appealing, um, maybe take uh, a look at that. The other one, I checked out was uh, a game that just launched today or I guess yesterday when this uh, uh, comes out, um, a game called Kanai, which launched on Switch and PC. Uh, I, I I think everyone probably has like a genre that they're like more than willing to play a bad one of it because it scratches like a very particular itch. Metroid style games, Metroidvanias. I know people don't. We, now, I've now turned around and like I'm totally fine with Metroidvania. I don't uh, yeah. subscribe to the idea that we're, we can't use that term because it's a shorthand that is very useful. I get uh, it. The, but the all, game, has all game categories. Yeah. We, Give we, Jeremy we've Parrish soul, we, do Metroidvania. We have, we have, we've, <laughs> we've accepted Souls likes, but we can't say Metroidvania. I can't exist in a world where like one, ex- one, one, yeah, yeah, one yeah. is true and the other is false because like. When I think of a Metroidvania, I think of, okay, a big map that you're going to fill in with spaces that you don't know how to access because you will gain abilities later. Um, And Kanai is one of those. And the moment you give me that map that I start filling in and I see, oh, I wonder how I'll get there later, um, 
just something gets set off with me. And Kanai is, again, we play like a little robot. The kind of twist that it has on how it approaches this style of game is just a ton more verticality. Um, you have these sort of like uh, grappling hooks that are on each side of you that you can tap like L or R, and they like kind of shoot out, which allow you to sort of give yourself a lot of momentum oh, as cool. you're working your way around the environment. It's a little finicky. Uh, I people who play a lot of platformers like fall down differently on like how they want their platformers to feel. Like I'm very anti floaty, um, like that kind of stuff. Like I like precision in what I'm doing so that I have control over the character and where they're going. Uh, Kanai is like very uh, floaty. Um, you get some measure of control of it, but I just haven't quite grappled my way around it. Um, it's okay. I, I, I've had a, I had a good time with it. I was playing it when I was out in New York last week on the flight and then also um, in the hotel room. But mostly every time I'd boot it up, I'd look over to the side and notice that I'd installed Ori and the Blind Forest because <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps mm-hmm. or in the – I forget what that's that game right. is called. That's right, I think. Right? Um, yeah. Well, I always think the Wills, but that's also a Star Wars thing, that's right? A Star like, Wars isn't thing. The Wills oh, is like what actually the the like the race that controls the Force and are like the godlike entities. Dry- okay. Like, right? I'm right about that, aren't I? It, or vaguely right? You're vaguely right about this. You're vaguely. It's not that they. Hmm. They are all. They are the Force. They're microorganisms. Okay, I, we can't right. wait. Wait, midichlorians? Okay, so midichlorians. No, <laughs> sort of, not, right? The, this is not. The, oh. Midichlorians, <laughs> I'm going to quote George Lucas, midichlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills. The wills, in a right. general sense, they are the force. The wills travel around inside of people, and the midichlorians are the conduits between the wills and the people they're in. It's So we're, we I are we're slaves save to the wills? for people who are gonna be googling it the way i just did please it's uh-huh. w-h-i-l-l-s yes not correct any other spelling that i thought it w-h-i-l-l-s, might be w-h-i-l-l-s but the it's a pun on will like, I mean, the, like the force of will yeah like willpower which is why i was like w-i-l-l the W-I-L? point is this is yeah i got you i got you i got you this is the this is the reason why we shouldn't learn anything about war mm. war is bad actually because <laughs> learning that the way the force works is there are little micro aliens in certain people is <laughs> silly. There's no will. Actually, we're all being controlled by malevolent. Well, but they're not malevolent. Organism. They're actually not malevolent. Well, they're okay. It's not clear. It's not clear. I here. would say if they're controlling our destinies on some level, that's a little malevolent. I don't know if they're controlling our well, destinies. Well, hold on. There's a lot of debate about this yeah. in, uh, <laughs> philosophy and like. What you believe a what you believe a like good and loving God would do like free will <laughs> like Patrick these are big questions I think <laughs> the, the midichlorians the problem of evil yeah right yes the midichlorians in their wisdom uh-huh. took a small traumatized child and decided what if he became a genocidal warlord in service <laughs> of a fascist wizard? And also and they the, let him do that. And also the wizards who took him in, they made sure the wizards wouldn't go save his mom. It was against the law to go protect the chosen one's mom. She had to keep also, being the a wizards, The wizards had to be really bad at math. <laughs> and they had to be convinced that the force needed balancing, but they needed to never think about what 
balancing the force oh. against the Jedi Order might actually look like. Yeah. I don't, we can't go down this road. The, or the, the Blind Force is a great game. Basically, gotcha. it's what happened is that I <laughs> yeah. played Kanai, and I was like, oh, this is scratching an itch. And I was like, actually, it's been like four years since Ori and the Blind Forest. I don't remember anything about that game except thinking it was tremendous. And I was like, I'm just going to play this on Switch. And then suddenly, four hours later, I was 40% through Ori and the Blind Forest. Okay. Um, uh, which is a great game. Beautiful, like an incredible soundtrack, looks great. Um uh, I'm just, I'm really excited for the sequel that comes out in in a month or so. Um, so yeah, I pretty much like dropped. Like Kanai's fine. Like it's it's fine. But it, it I was like sitting next to like a, a boxing champion uh, that is Ori of the Blind Forest. I was like I don't need I don't need this. I could go play Ori again. But if you want if you want to you know grapple around Kanai is Kanai's pretty good too. God. Uh, sorry, that God was not about that. Sorry, sorry, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Mm. What'd you look? I looked at Twitter. Yeah. I, f- I fucking looked at Twitter. I fucked up. Tom Perez. This is just. Wait. Tom Perez, retire, bitch. <laughs> Tom Perez. Wait, wow. Do I need All to right. start another timer? What's no, happening? Just, just quit. This is a five minute, one minute update. Uh, <laughs> do you, do you want to set it? Why would you say that about Tom Perez, Rob? Okay, so we've had a week of just <laughs> abject chaos, right? Yeah. Just, Does it mean a month? Like, the, well, yeah, but in particular, the Iowa Democratic uh, caucuses have been a an unmitigated disaster. And the one thing that has sort of provided some sense of transparency or legitimacy to the process is that the errors have been recorded kind of publicly and there's been a lot of checking of the work as this whole process has unfolded and it has started to feel like we are converging on the actual results which reveal as we alluded to at the top of the show that Sanders might have edged this thing out uh, via the satellite caucuses we were, we were still waiting when we went to bed last night we were waiting on basically I think like one last uh, precinct yeah, one last and precinct set of caucus results to like figure out what the final tally in Iowa was going to be. Tom Perez, the uh, DNC chair who was placed in that position after Obama tipped the scales toward him uh, over the object- objections of a lot of progressives who didn't like Tom Perez and didn't want him to be running the organization. Uh, Tom Perez just tweeted, enough is enough. In light of the problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan and in order to assure public confidence in the results, I am calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin a re-canvas. Uh, can I give you a little follow-up here from Jeff Zelaney, CNN Senior Washington Correspondent? Jeff Zelaney yeah. over at CNN says, New, the Iowa Democratic Party did not have advance warning that Tom Perez was calling for a recanvas of the Iowa caucus results. Two people uh, familiar with the matter uh, tell CNN. Okay, that's it's weird that they wouldn't communicate that internally. Second part, Perez doesn't point out that the DNC has been running the show in Iowa for the last 48 hours. So, motherfucker, you've been running uh, the show for 48 hours. You're don't call out the uh, 
I mean, call out call out the Iowa Democratic Party because they dropped the ball here in a bunch of ways. Again, go read that reporting. Motherboard's done great stuff. There's been good stuff all around. Uh, but it's not like the, the fucking DNC has not been involved this week with what the most recent fuck-ups are. The sort of like spreadsheet mistakes, all of the like weird errors that, that the New York Times reported on. The hunt, You know, uh, they've found like a hundred errors across or inconsistencies across uh, things. Anyway, we, we can't, but... Fuck off, Tom Perez. Video games. They're here and they're in my life. Mm-hmm. And and one of them is Final Fantasy uh-huh. 14 Heaven's Word. Well, it's not Heaven's Word anymore. I'm past it. I finished another expansion. I got through another expansion of Final Fantasy 14. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> um, it was good. It was good. I think all said and done, wow. there, were, there were low moments of Heaven's Word for me. Um, there were some choices my character had to make. This is the one about the dragon Catholics. I've mentioned this before. They're anti-dragon Catholics. They're Catholics who say, hate the dragons. Yeah. But you get into why do they hate the dragons? What happened there? What is the, the actual history between the dragons and the Ishgardians and et cetera? And that stuff is all pretty compelling. And then by like the end of Heaven's Word, it's in a really good place. It's in a pretty good place. Um, in terms of just like the action is really fulfilling, like the fights are, are really well designed, the music is fantastic, there's like some characters I actually started to really care about, um, there are some like stakes again, and then unlike the patches that separated A Realm Reborn from Heavensward, the patches that separate uh, Heavensward from Stormblood, the next DLC, the next expansion that I'm in now, uh, are really good. Um, the the it, I, I guess this is just what they're going to do from now on, but mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I'm coming to learn is the sort of world building I love, uh, the stuff that kind of pumps the brakes and says, well, what are the repercussions? What are the contexts for this stuff happens in the patches? It's like almost as if, um, you, you beat the big JRPG boss and then the patches are always going to be like, okay, but wait, that doesn't fix things. Like it starts to fix things, but it doesn't necessarily change things. And so without getting into specific spoilers about this four year old expansion, Ishgard, the Ishgardian, uh, or the Heaven's Word, uh, is about this this state, this kind of theocracy called Ishgard, uh, about unearthing what their history is, addressing the kind of class struggle that's happening, or not even struggle at the time that you start the game. It is it is just like class oppression, um, uh, and and finding out what the roots of that are, like the historical roots of, of that, has find out what the historical roots of the feud against the dragons is, addressing those things, bringing new things to light, um, and then the patches, which again are like five minor expansions that release in between, or like five and a half, five and a half minor expansions that release in between the big expansions, um, are all about like, well, just bringing that shit to light doesn't change things, right? If you like reveal that there are some corrupt clerics in the church or that, you know, the the structure of society is based on some like elitist bullshit, that doesn't change things. And in fact, a lot of people aren't going to be willing to give up the old system, the old order. A lot of people are going to want to continue fighting a war, even if the war is unjust, because they've lost people in that war and they feel they actually feel the other way. They feel like justice has to be done, you know, whatever the cause for this war originally was. And the way that the, that the uh, patches get into that stuff is really good. Um, there are some giant robots that I think people are really excited for there me to are. see. I didn't like them that much. Damn. Um, there's like this whole series of raids called like the Alexander side quest, the Alexander trials or something like that. Um, I liked a couple of them. They're, they're fine, but they're, I like how bi- they're like really bite sized. They're like little 10 minute fights that have like, you know, really, uh, 
hyped up music and there's some like neat designs in there, but I didn't really love those fights. They weren't that interesting and you can't just put a robot in front of me and think I'm going to like it. <laughs> um, uh, there is a really cool character. There's a really cute goblin uh, uh, adventurer girl and she's really cool and her story is her – I feel bad for her. She's, it's not a, again, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but I left that quest. Be like, I wish I could take you with, her. I wish you could come along on my journey. Cause now it f- kind of feels like your life is a little emptier than when, when it began mm-hmm. because of how things shook out. And that was, that was sad. Goblin? Yeah. Goblins. They're, they're goblins in this game. Oh. There's lots of them. You don't get to play as them because them they're yet. beast people. Kato. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> the game is getting better about that shit. I'm now in Stormblood, which People say I'm not going to like, which gives me makes me nervous. Yeah. Because the premise so far, the premise is kicking a bunch of fucking imperial colonizers out of Alamigo, which is like the big colonized region that's kind of nearby. Nice. Um and it's like explicitly working with local resistance groups. Uh and so far all the quests <sighs> I've had are all about like why the local groups haven't been able to win win uh yet how you know uh bad leaders have cost people lives and how people try to resist in the small ways they can but domination is a hell of a thing to try to fight against because mm. the power of life and death and and being able to like execute on that power is so uh, uh, one-sided and and uh, so difficult to to raise people against, and it's been really interesting to to try to like to go from the, the most interesting thing about Stormblood so far has been everything up until this point has been like oh you're the warrior of light you're this hot you're hot shit everyone knows who you are, and now I'm in a place where people are like I don't know you I don't know you at all the fuck is help this? me fucking move these potatoes you're so hot. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, my friend got jacked by bandits on the way to pay ta- to pay taxes. I don't even it doesn't even matter that he got jacked by bandits. What really matters is he's not going to pay his taxes on time. And now the empire is going to come squash our village. And like that stuff is really has been really interesting. So huh. I'm in a good place right now. Um, it I, I found like a, the right rhythm. I'm not overdoing it. I'm not I'm not racing anymore. Right. Uh, and that helps a lot. I still don't know if I recommend this game to people because it has taken me so fucking long to get to the point where I'm like happy with it. Also, people say that Stormblood is going to go some places that I don't love. So we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. Uh, that is my Final Fantasy XIV check-in. Heaven's Word has great music. That's the other thing. I just want to underscore. The soundtracks are available on like Spotify. There is some shit in there that is wild. I want to shout out like the way the ex- level of experimentation they get to mm. um, because there's lots of just like Catholic organ shit that that because I grew up in Catholic school I end up having a deep fondness for but there's also this is also the expansion where they really go out there and are like drawing from all sorts of musical traditions around the world um and there's like there's a uh, a couple of dungeons that take place in this like ancient um uh library and one of them has just this like free jazz soundtrack that's incredible what? Yeah, that song is called <laughs> ink long dry i think it's called it's really good it's there's stuff that draws name. on yeah it is <laughs> there, it draws on uh uh kind of some folk music from from uh, europe in in a certain fight there's like really really dope stuff all the way through it so shout outs to final fantasy 14 heaven's word there's a moment i didn't think it was going to come through for me but it, it, it ended up really coming through for me um anyone else play anything Kato, are you still yeah. on that Destiny tip? What's happening? Fucking Destiny. God damn it. I wanted... I was so excited for Destiny. So Destiny's doing kind of a neat thing right now. Um, they're doing this kind of community thing where uh, 
through playing one of their like modes that was specific to the season, you get this uh, currency basically that you've been using throughout the season to buy bounties that give you specific weapons. So that's kind of been what the like weapon loop is this season. Uh, now it's like instead of that, uh, we're gonna uh, you're gonna connect all these ob- time obelisks that you've been using to. Con- collect this uh, material to one in the tower and everyone is going to pool their resources we need to get to a certain number in order to um, fix the timelines that the cabal have been fucking around with all all season uh, they added a new boss to the the sundial which is that uh, um, is the thing that has been going on this whole season uh, which is looks really like almost not quite raid level like complicated but almost raid level complicated which is really cool to see mm-hmm. um outside of a raid outside yeah, yeah yeah um and i was really excited to try this new uh encounter uh only to find that i don't know why i can't access it uh or because you don't have the t-shirt <laughs> i can access it i can go play it but i know there's a quest that i'm supposed to be on and i'm supposed to go access the thing and it's because I guess I didn't play a quest earlier in the season that seems to be unrelated. What? I still don't know. What is the what? So <laughs> basically what was supposed to happen on Tuesday when I logged in and what happened to both basically everyone else that like I, I've talked to is they log in and you go to St. 14 who's in the tower hanging out and he gives you a quest. And it's like this is the quest about the like current event where you're pooling all your resources and the community has to get to a certain amount of uh, donated fractaline, I think is what it's called. Um, And then... I, I log in, I don't see the quest. Uh, I realize that I never connected my obelisks to the tower one. So I go connect my obelisk thinking, surely this is it. This this quest is about, you know, getting all the connections running and uh, donating this this material to the one in the tower. Once I have my tower one up and running. Sure. Sure. Nothing happens. Uh, I start digging through my quests and it's like, wait, here's one from the beginning of the season where... Saint Fourteen's like go, uh, go kill some things on Titan. I'm like, I never did that one because that seems boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm working. I'm still working through those quests because actually it turns out that one's like multi step, and you're actually gonna do it. it. It does a round of like the solar system. You go to each of the planets to do a different thing, and each of the planet specific NPCs has this like spiel about uh, Saint Fourteen or like. Like, you know, you, like, do a little check-in with everyone. Um, And it seems like this might be it, but what I'm... Long story short, basically, Destiny has a very bad quest system that does not uh, signal what things are going to be locked behind previous quests. Normally, quests in this game are not necessarily... They're almost always optional, it seems like. Like, you'll still be able to do whatever next quote-unquote story thing is coming up. But this time around, uh, I still don't have the newest story quest unlocked, and I don't know which of the five or so other random quests from this season is the one that will specifically unlock it, or if I just have to do all of them. And, uh, you know, it's really annoying because some of them are really grindy in a way that is not. Oh, you can't. There's nothing you can refer to. There's no people online. There's no one else has this problem. No, that's the thing is that uh, so much of the community 
has been just doing those quests as they come out week to week right because that's the it's one of the only games they play and it's just like I'm just gonna I'm going to play Destiny I'm gonna might as well do this quest where I kind of try to like hop in for new content and new raids and stuff and so there aren't any guides that are like this specific quest is the one that that for some reason this new quest is locked behind um this is kind of new they don't usually do that sort of like gating of things behind other quests normally um so yeah that's been uh really frustrating to be excited about a new a new thing happening in destiny and not being able to just kind of hop back in yeah that's a bummer i i hope in general that they continue to do the kind of Interesting new stuff. Like I know we didn't get a chance to talk about the Infinite Forest, and it's probably right. too old at this point to the puzzle get deep yeah. into. But like it, it from from what you've told me, it, it sounds like the reward for that. There was a really cool puzzle. It was a communal puzzle. Yeah, and the whole thing ended with like a new exotic, a new gun, a new exotic that they were already going to give us a week later. It was so like not on, a, right. Uh, it like was on the on the roadmap. Access. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. They released the gun in early access. That's not good. Like I, I keep coming this idea that is like that's a big communal effort. It's a big like collective effort. Right. And so many people had to solve this kind of puzzle without getting into the details. A lot of people had to do this. A lot of people stayed up late. A lot of people spent a lot of time over like a week yeah. doing this. Yeah. And then the reward is this individual reward. It's not a collective. It's not right. like a cutscene that everyone gets to see or a new area unlocks for everyone. There was like, it's like some, here's a gun. There was some dialogue. And it's a gun but most people won't even use that often, right? Because that's the thing is you have a huge armory of weapons. Right. I mean, It's not yeah. nothing. I get it. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you get like a, a it, it, you get like a small like two or three line eulogy for your character basically because you find your like your grave but it that didn't feel like the reward for this thing and that didn't move any of the rest of the kind of plot lines forward so far like it felt very much like a siloed like side like oh and this is happening too um and kind of the rest of the season seems to be largely un unrelated to this thing that took up like a massive amount of like community time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. And yeah. I, I, again, it's, it's cool to see them experimenting. Hopefully, for sure. Hopefully they find out, find some more to do with it. All right. That is going to do it for us this week on Waypoint Radio. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com. Uh, what else? Uh, anything else going up? Anything going up this week that people should look at, Patrick? Uh, yeah, we had a lot of good stuff. I had a scoop on, uh, fraud on the, uh, on the Switch where, uh, folks were going to websites like Gameflip where you can buy cheaper codes and, um, sometimes you buy cheaper codes. Turns out those codes were, the reason they're cheap is because someone is trying to quickly flip them mm. because they bought them with a stolen credit card. Um, other online services like Steam, um, if you purchase a code that turns out to be fraudulent, um, you know, your account may get temporarily suspended, but there is a process to go through and alleviate that and um, uh, get access to all of the games that you have. But on the Switch, they were just banning your account and just saying, sorry, you lost all your games. Like, don't do stuff like that. Um, and then Damn. over the holidays, they instituted a policy where you can go through and get your account back. So I kind of wrote a piece about how Nintendo got there, how they didn't have a policy, and then... You know, rather than throwing up your hands and because busy was happening was people were going to customer service. Customer service was like, yeah, we're hmm. Good question. I don't know what to tell you. That stinks. Um, 
and now there's a policy where you can you can go through and you can dispute it with your bank or dispute it with the place you bought the code. And as long as you show evidence that you made a good faith effort, they will give you access to your account again and pr- ask that you don't do it again. Um, so, uh, yeah. So if that's happened to you, uh, go read the story. But also, yeah, you can go to customer service and there's a path forward for you. Um, and then uh, we had a good piece from uh, Bruno Diaz uh, to kind of talking about like there's a whole brouhaha about uh, Klubazinski – this was misconstrued in a lot of press reports in which it was portrayed yeah. as – There were some headlines out there. Saying, yeah, some bad headlines that I think were later deleted um, that more or less uh, took an Instagram post of his where he was talking – he's done a lot of talking through it, tweeting through it, IGing through it yeah. um, in the <laughs> the year and a half or whatever since Boss Key Studios went under. Um, and while Lawbreaker is a game that people liked, uh, didn't quite take off, um, and he – talked about maybe how pressing his his own politics uh maybe backfired on the game and bruno who uh uh has played the game a lot liked the game a lot but also diagnosed he did a piece for us kind of diagnosing well actually this is why the game culturally probably didn't take off and maybe some of the, the things they did wrong it wasn't because you didn't put big titties in the game <laughs> um, is that that's, are you like, sure that's is that the professional that's what Bruno says. Bruno says it wouldn't have helped. I'm not sure if there Bruno used the, the, uh, those terms. He okay. makes much smart art. I was. Talking. Bruno I words in his mouth. This I'm just incredible saying. piece in which he said there were they. It wasn't that there weren't enough big titties. Fantastic writer Bruno. This is, editor, this, is, this is what editors are here for. You know, to summarize your pieces. Um, we also had a, a, a great piece uh, about uh, Loom, kind of looking back. Oh, um, awesome. On that old uh, music-focused LucasArts yeah. adventure game from 30 years ago, which I, is a blind spot for me. I've never played uh, Loom, but I've always wanted to go back I have friends that, so. who are way into Loom. Do you know what I mean in the way that you have Yeah, people swear by Loom. Into- and they were like, don't care about Monkey Island. Don't care about Grim Fandango. But like Loom is yeah. a game that people swear by as being – it was a big entry game for a lot of people into game design. I know folks – like it's the kind of game that – yeah, they a lot of games get remade. You know, it's a game that like still has incredibly unique mechanics that haven't been touched on since Loom. Um, totally. So. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, go check that stuff out. Rob had to dip out, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can find Rob at Rob Zachney. Cotto, where can people find you? At a underscore Cotto underscore appears. And Patrick. At Patrick Klopik. We'll be back on Monday with another Waypoint Radio. Uh, we'll try to record some other stuff in the next couple next couple weeks. We have some some bonus stuff we're thinking about we're throwing around, but but no promises yet. Uh, also, we're, we are all getting brainworms over the election, so please know that <laughs> – just to please know in advance that that colors everything right now. Yeah. I can't wait. To, we're going we're gonna to get through it's this together. Week, you know, it's a big week. It's a big week. A qu- acquittal. There yeah, we didn't even talk about Romney. The there was oh, the oh Iowa God. caucuses. The acquittal was... was such a thing in the sense of just like, yeah, okay, here it comes. Like, of course, here we go. Sure. I, I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, God, thank you for your support during this trying time. Uh, as always, you can send us questions, gaming at vice dot com. We should do a <laughs> we should do a big question bucket deep dive soon. Yeah. Because uh, we got a bunch a bunch in there. Uh, but until until next week, I hope everyone has a good weekend. I hope everyone. Uh, who is in in the states facing this this uh, primary season? Does so with with as much confidence and composure as we can. <laughs> check those retweets. Read those read those threads. Make sure before you hit retweet, check the thread and be like, oh wait, no, that's not how rounding works because of the way it works in Iowa. Rounding is different. 
I hope everyone has a good weekend. It's don't worry. We don't have time to get into it, Kato. <laughs> hope everyone has a good weekend. As always, fuck capitalism. Go home. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, all right. Um, okay. Okay, so. <laughs> tonight. Tonight, on, on Waypoint, on Disney, Disney XD. XD. Um, <laughs> all right, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, there you go. Yeah.